everyone, and welcome to our next episode of the Dunhumby Customer First podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of the new insights we are seeing on global shopping behaviours from our latest consumer pulses around the world, and some of the changes we're seeing in the light of rising inflation, but also continued response to COVID with some of the rise of the Omicron variant. My name is Dave Clements. I'm the Retail Director at Dunhumby, and I'll be talking with David Chancho, our VP of Grocery at Dunhumby. Welcome, David. Hello, Dave. So, David, why don't we start off and talk a little bit about these the consumer pulses that Dunhumby runs? Uh, where do we run them? Why do we run them? Sure, yeah. We'll be talking today about the eighth time that we've run these consumer pulse surveys since March 2020. And this is how we talk to customers about how the pandemic has impacted them and about their attitudes about retail responses in these very hard times. So the methodology is we survey almost 10,000 shoppers in 23 countries. Through that process, we've seen worries wax and wane. We've seen new behaviors emerge, and we've heard new attitudes about COVID-19 and about retail shift. This time, though, in addition to the coronavirus conversation, we are also studying the impact of rising food prices, of e-commerce, of health and healthy eating, and of the environment and sustainability. So that's how we approach this. Yeah, so it really is a regular pulse now that we can, you know, keep seeing how things are changing, how attitudes, perceptions, um, behaviors are changing, um, you know, month to month. Right. And a good way to continue to listen to customers. So um, starting out, what what are some of the latest concerns around the virus? Um, You know, are customers worried? Well, I think there's three big headlines in this latest in this latest survey, right? The first is that the surge in cases from Omicron has had an impact on people. Again, they are reducing the number of trips they're making. And just about when we thought things were returning to normal, they're not yet. In fact, some of the indicators that things were returning to normal have reversed. That's the first headline. The second is that we track a worry index, we call it. That index has continued to decline, even though half of the respondents at this time have had personal contact with the virus. People are becoming accustomed to the presence of the virus and and how to deal with it. Um, And so we think this means that if caseloads from the Omicron decline, there'll be a continued return to what's a more normal world, however that's defined. And I think the third headline is, uh, even though things are kind of returning to normal, shoppers have a big new worry, and that worry is rising food prices. Yes. So uh, people are sort of getting used to living with, with COVID. I know some markets are in probably different circumstances. You know, it can pop up in places uh, with surges in places like New Zealand, whereas in the UK and things, you know, maybe people are getting back to normal quicker. So I'm, I'm sure it varies around the world. And as you said, um, this new concern that's really rising, and that's this 
the worry about inflation, the worry about uh, some of the economic pressures, um, some of the stats uh, I saw from the survey that said around 67% of people are worried about their, their country's economy and 50% are worried about their own personal finances. That's right. Um, so a real, real concern there. Yeah, the one that jumped out to me, Dave, was that um, 85% of people think that food prices have gone up and half, 50%, say they've gone up, quote, a lot. So economic pressures are really building. And then I thought it was fun. We asked them how much a lot meant. And so people were asked how much they felt prices had increased during the past year. And they overestimated that inflation rate, if you will, by an average of 14 points. So that really landed with me. The perception of price increases is far worse than the reality. Um, That's really interesting. So that's saying if, if we think, let's say I hear a lot that food inflation and, and, and prices are at around 5%, customers perceive them to have gone up 20%, roughly, you know, and, and actually that's that's really considerable. And it's really interesting because ultimately perception is reality, whether we like it or not. You know, perception matters. It doesn't matter what the facts might be if customers feel that way. Um, presumably for a number of factors, you know, they feel like their shopping bill is just, you know, more of their household incomes going on food. Uh, they're probably seeing some prices of individual products going up. They're probably seeing all the headlines in the media or social media that's driving some of that perception as well. Yeah, I think that's a really important point for retailers to keep in mind. So we do have numbers in our heads. We know that it's gone up 5%. In the U.S., it's 7 um, and this varies by country. But the fact that customers think it's so much worse means that there's pressure on retailers and on brands to continue to deliver more value. And oh, by the way, I've talked with some other countries around the world. You've got like in, in Chile where the inflation's at actual inflation's at seven percent, but the perception is that it's about thirty-seven percent. So um, th those are big concerns if you're selling goods to customers. And what's your view on how ready and how active the industry is, the retail industry, in you know addressing inflation? What are we seeing? What are we advising? You know, who's doing it best? Yeah, I, I think there needs to be a mindset um, to really accommodate inflation. Remember, this has been a really tough time for retailers, and they're still recovering from a supply shock and about to be another supply shock, I think, with all the news now coming out of Europe, right? So their mindsets are very much, well, let's just get products and let's make sure we get those onto the shelf. Now, really quickly, they've had to adapt to this to these inflation numbers and to real cost increases. Um, so I think to your question, who's doing it well? I'll cite Tesco. I think they re, they got ahead of it a bit on the front foot with some of the pricing and promotion programs with member pricing on Club Card, um, and they're setting the best example in the world right now. And while I'm talking about those examples, it's really clear in this piece of research that customers are actively looking around. They're searching online for sales and they are using coupons. Um, and that's remained consistent. So there's no spike in that, but it's, it's 
pretty amazing to me, especially thinking about value-seeking customers that 60% of the, of the shoppers say they are value-seeking, and all of them are changing behaviors, looking to find and find value and save money. Yeah, and I think we've seen that those retailers, but also those consumer goods brands that are really trying hard to help consumers to shield them from some of the full impact inflation are performing best, performing better because they're really leaning into it. And whether that's thinking about the ranges, you know, what's the right range? How can I get across better value perception in the range I'm carrying? Uh, which categories I focus on, um, which, you know, how do I improve promotions, as you were saying, you know, how do we get more efficient and effective in promotions? Uh, but also just getting tighter on the key value items, you know, the price sensitive items in the store as well. I think those are the things that uh, the best retailers, the best consumer goods companies seem to be trying to address. Yeah, I completely agree with that. We've uh, looked around at some best practices. And so I know we have a separate blog or a separate publication around the 20 actions that retailers and brands should be taking right now during inflationary times. And I'm so glad you mentioned like the key value items that you mentioned around looking at the range itself to to see if the if the right value items are available in the range. And if indeed we need as many varieties, considering, you know, all these moving dynamics of the supply shock at the same time, right? So um, so we do have a list of suggestions and best practices that anyone listening can refer to. Um, I just see those just now starting to be activated in many retailers. I think this is a long haul. I see inflationary pressures over the next couple of years anyway. So that here's yeah. part of the message. Oh, and by the way, you said, yes, those retailers who are delivering value are being rewarded. We see that in this survey and in those retail preference indexes that we've that we've also conducted. So value matters and customers are shopping, shopping around to find that. So what else are we seeing beyond the inflation strategies, the, the impact of inflation on consumer behavior? What else are we seeing in the consumer pulses? Uh, what else is that showing in terms of? Sure. Right. Well, we're watching online, right? And um, I'm interested to see in this last pulse that online shopping le levels have remained very stable. So we saw a really big spike to online early in the pandemic. So in that March 2020 and April 2020 timeframe. But even now, about half of global shoppers continue to use the online channel. And the fact that these results have been so stable over the last couple of years leads us to conclude that online is here to stay, that it's reached the tipping point, and that these levels of shopping online will be sustained into the future. Um, moreover, because we ask about how customers are feeling about that experience, shoppers say that they're satisfied with the online shopping experience in a way that's comparable to the in-store shopping experience. Now, this latest pulse satisfaction, both in-store and on online, went down just a little bit, but they're aligned now, and I'm fascinated by that. That's great, David. And actually, you're saying that, you know, over half of shoppers are doing a, you know, a shopping trip online uh, for their food and grocery. Um, I also noticed that in Asia, 
Um, that's probably more like 70% of customers doing a sort of weekly online shop. And in China, I think it's even up to 95%. So nearly, you know, every week uh, in some of these uh, markets, we're really seeing that that grow. Um, and under those numbers as well, what, one of the things I've seen is that whilst it's stable overall, the online growth, there's some quite interesting dynamics. So there's not as many brand new customers coming in. You know, we saw that mm-hmm. surge of brand new people True. hitting that. But we are seeing some of the new customers that joined it through COVID have now established regular use and regular shopping habits on online. So their frequency and, and spend on online is, you know, growing, but maybe not seeing the growth in brand new customers quite as, we, you know, we saw um, in the early stages of the pandemic. So it's still in growth, uh, but it's a different type of growth that's happening at the moment. Yes, and I thought, you know, listening to some retailers and reading the trade publications over the last year, I think there was almost a kind of expectation that online would drop off somehow when people would return to the stores. But the the evidence, the data, the, the attitudinal pieces like this one suggest that that's not true. Online's here to stay. Click and collect is here to stay. But also I think part of that is now driven by much better supply in the market by, you know, the retailers around the world. Uh, I saw some stats that um, 60% of retailers now have now got a service for food delivery under two hours. Uh, And actually 25% of retailers have got a, uh, the ability to deliver within 30 minutes, you know, so that speed and convenience, that sort of um, availability now of more supply I think is, you know, shoring up that demand, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've reached the future. The tipping point's here. I agree. I think the really interesting thing as as well for us being uh, passionate about understanding customers is also seeing that omni-channel behavior starting to emerge. So how retailers, sorry, how, how the consumers are actually moving from, you know, shopping in store this week to online next week for different missions and different customers starting to show uh, very different types of omni-channel behavior. And that's fascinating seeing, you know, how that's driving overall share of wallet for customers, how that's driving different dynamics, different types of shopping missions that, you know, are actually now evolving that weren't there before. I, yes, and we uh, I think we've talked before about the value of shoppers who are using all channels, so store plus online, to your point, how their share of wallet has shifted, more of it's now earned by the grocers who are who are omnichannel, truly omnichannel. Um, so as I said, it's it's here to stay. And thinking about that customer profitability to the point you just raised is really important. So with all the focus on inflation uh, and the impact on customers and, you know, online still important, um, is that reducing some of the the other behaviors that were there previously? Things like consumers push towards health and sustainability. What, what, what's happening in, on that front? We saw in this survey that health is still an important trend. And everyone says, the vast majority of respondents anyway, that there are benefits to healthy eating and shopping. Uh, In this survey, that move toward health feels a little less urgent, however. Um, And although shoppers are saying that eating healthy makes them feel good, 
and that there's a kind of emotional reward to healthy eating isn't quite the same push as we saw earlier. Um, some of that came out in the survey. Under half of respondents say they're on actually any form of diet. Uh, they do say they might be reducing the amount of meat, but they're not going full vegetarian or vegan. Um, and I think it's important to note also that there's no, from this survey, there's no way to find health-focused people looking at any kind of demographics absolutely have to look at the transactional data there. So a little less urgent, a little less of a nudge toward healthy eating. The second subject right next to that, of course, was sustainability. We asked respondents to tell us about their attitudes there. The depth of the concern about sustainability is not as widespread as seen with health. But virtually everybody who's focused on sustainability is also focused on health. And the, the conclusion for us is that health benefits might be a more appropriate retail strategy right at this moment. So if you're wondering what the balance is between health and sustainability, this suggests start with health. Um, and once again, it's the transactional data where you can spot those customers who are more concerned and focused on sustainability. I think in the past as well, health and sustainability, um, some of those initiatives have um, not always been in line with better value perception. And I think by thinking about how, you know, what are the opportunities in health and sustainability and gender that actually can drive better value, uh, you know, less wastage, less spend on certain items is also potentially a sweet spot that actually can work really well to uh, you know, drive this really important program around health and sustainability, um, because we still need to invest in it very much for the future and it's, it should be top of mind. But keeping that value lens on it, you know, how can it be great value to invest in, in these areas for consumers? Because I think when they see that, you know, that can drive more growth. Absolutely true. And I'm glad you circled back to value. That's, uh, that's still where it's at, according to this survey and according to those retailer preference indexes. So we can't take our, our, off, our eye off the ball on value. Well, thanks, David. Um, it sounds like it's going to be really important to keep on top of inflation, seeing how the retailers and the brands, uh, you know, work, continue to work hard to shield their customers from, you know, the full impact of that. So uh, that's going to be on top of consumers' minds. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that continues to play out when we see the next pulses, which are, I guess are coming out in, in, in about April time, I guess. Right. Well, good. We'll keep listening to customers and we'll look at the data as well. Um, but yep, focus on, on value and let's watch what happens with online. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, and you can join us again soon for our next Customer First podcast. Uh, remember, you can access all of our podcasts on a variety of different subjects um, impacting retail on Spotify or on our dunhumby.com website. So thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.